I don't throw darts at a board. I bet on sure things. Read Sun Tzu, The Art of War. Every battle is won before it's ever fought. Think about it. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Always B, B, C, closing. Always be closing. Always be closing. The show goes on! It's Wednesday night and fantasy football is on the agenda. Grab a seat and let's get down to business. It's time for the fantasy boardroom. Here's your host, Tycoon. It is showtime. I am your host and fantasy CEO tycoon with you as always. Welcome to the fantasy boardroom. It is my great regret to inform you that after last week's Halloween horror show, week nine, not much better. You know, we're after Halloween. Some are already getting into their Christmas uh, movie viewings. And if any of you are familiar with Home Alone 2, there's a scene where Kevin gets into a cab there in New York City. Says, oh, it's scary out there. And this big, ugly, you know, freaky looking cab driver turns around. Ain't much better in here, kid. So that's kind of what week nine did to us. And we are all Kevin. Woof. So the theme of tonight's episode is continued volatility. Uh, If it sounds like we're stuck on repeat, Nah, nothing's broken. Your feed's working just fine. But the fantasy performance of our highly ranked, highly regarded players continue to be upside down. Those early season flashbacks just keep coming in waves. We've got these randoms and backups just dominating leaderboards, at least somewhat encouragingly. A couple of rookies on the rise. So your patience has paid off if you have been holding, waiting for any of these guys to hit. But really, it just feels, excuse me, that as though, you know, everything we knew, everything we thought we knew was all a lie. We know nothing. Week like this, talk about self-doubt. Surprisingly, still well above 500 in my fantasy matchups overall, but seem to lose all of my most important leagues. I don't know about you. And uh, it's just ugly going through it game by game throughout the week. So as always, we will kick things off with our performance reviews. Now, typically when I focus on the individual player performance review, it tends to be a bit more positive. We're highlighting a a standout, a stud performance here. This week, we're taking a different route. We unfortunately uh, must take a bit of a negative look here at, well, one Josh Allen. And yes, the quarterback. In fact, you know what? We'll do two performance reviews. We are going to talk about Josh Allen and Josh Allen, yin and yang here, high and low, good and bad. Josh Allen, defensive end for the Jacksonville Jaguars, absolutely terrorized quarterback Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills all day long, registered a sack and interception and recovered a lost Josh Allen fumble. Rough day for the Bills overall, but Josh Allen is uh, our focus. You know, this is... 
against the freaking Jaguars of all teams, the Jaguars. This should have been just a glorious gluttony of points. And my many bills did well. Hated every second of it. Allen only had 264 yards passing, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. <clears throat> Excuse me. But thankfully, he was able to salvage 50 rushing yards to somewhat make his day not a complete complete bust. I mean, he still was, I believe, QB 21 overall, so it was a pretty rough day. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it could have been you know, almost Darnold-like. Uh, so, yeah, it was really, really pitiful. And to be honest, the entire Bills team stunk, but it's led by Allen. You know, he's the tone setter. He's the leader. He's the guy who's supposed to lift this team up when when things are down. You know, he's supposed to be the reason they win when everybody else is struggling and couldn't even do that against Jacksonville. Just awful. That said, he does have multiple passing touchdowns in every single game played this year outside of this matchup against Jacksonville and the debut against Pittsburgh. So... Don't worry about Josh Allen. He'll be fine. Bills will be fine. But, man, that sucked. That sucked. Dem Boys is in the house. Says, what up, Tycoon? What up, Dem Boys? Welcome to the boardroom, as always. Hope you're enjoying your seat at the table. Anthony, what up, what up? From Get Right here in the house. Go hit the boys at Get Right Fantasy Network uh, with a sub here on YouTube. And uh, catch their show shortly after mine. They typically start around 9.30 Pacific. So, you know, we're looking at about an hour and 18 minutes from now. You won't want to miss it. Uh, that's what I will do to unwind from my work here in the boardroom. Anthony also chimes in. Crazy when you can't even be the best Josh Allen on the field. That would mess with my psyche. I actually did think about it at one point. I mean, does, does you know, say just stuff like, you know, the real Josh Allen memes that, well, ultimately did come after the game. That kind of stuff go through a guy's head, especially a guy that young. Maybe. I mean, I'd like to think not as an elite professional athlete, elite professional athlete but uh, who knows? I mean, still a human being. But man, I, I, I'm sure once you start to struggle against the Jaguars, it, it is kind of hard to rebound mentally because probably thinking the same thing all of us fans are thinking. It's the freaking Jaguars. Uh, and my boy, FF Season is in the house. It is always FF Season here in the boardroom, so you are in the right place, sir. What's up, man? Welcome. So that is our individual player performance review. Now we will jump to a team, and that will be none other than Edgar Allan Poe's preferred team, the Baltimore Ravens. What a wonderful day. Lamar, quarterback two. Hollywood, wide receiver five. Devontae Freeman, running back 10. Rashad Bateman. Oh, Bateman. Wide receiver 33. And no, you weren't hearing things. Bateman, B-A-E-man. Because, well, Rashad is Bay. If you're not on board now, eh, it's too late. And Mark Andrews, while not a big fantasy day, he did have 10 targets. So you really uh, are encouraged to see that, you know, from one of the top tight ends in the game. So it was a huge, huge day for the Ravens offense in this overtime thriller. It was a pretty exciting game. I predicted a sneaky shootout on this one, which ultimately came to pass and also led to some bonus points there in overtime. So that was fun. And this passing attack is now seeing a lot of volume. The Ravens are passing a lot. More than that time, I believe they're about 54%. And it's highly concentrated. Targets are going to Hollywood. 
They're going to Andrews and they're going to Bateman. Bateman, we will talk about later. But ultimately, great, great day for the team fantasy-wise. Pulled out a key win against Minnesota. Uh, got it done in overtime, despite the immediate interception in overtime from Lamar. And they just rolled along. Very fun team. Very fun to watch. Freeman is actually playing pretty well as the lead back as Latavius is hurt. Uh, and obviously every other running back that they've had on the team this year. So make sure you have a piece of this offense. And make sure you're watching the Ravens games. These are fun. Lamar is fun. Leads the league in fun. Well, pretty close to it. And yes, just in case anybody is an Adam Shine listener, I did steal that, Adam. If you ever happen to see my show, I'm not trying to steal you, but I love that phrase, lead the league in fun. He's at least on the leaderboard of fun, Lamar Jackson is. Don't miss the show. And we will close out performance reviews with a positional look this at the running back position now the reason i chose running backs this time is because it is the position that resembled the closest thing to normal this week apart from seeing the top three tight ends they're at the top of the leaderboard of tight ends until pat frymuth came along (laughs) so few notables are out of, you know, starting position outside the top 24, but in general, the leaderboard looked highly familiar. We had JT at RB2, we had Nick Chubb there at RB3, Joe Mixon, RB4, Alvin Kamara, RB6, CPAT, yes, he counts as being expected to be at the top these days, Patterson, RB7, Melgo at RB8, Najee, RB9, Cook, RB13, McCaffrey, RB15, so A lot of names you know, not a lot of names you love, a lot of names you want to see there at the top of these leaderboards. We are stoked. We are happy. And there were even some other happy surprises mixed in because these were guys who likely were playing for various reasons. Naheem Hines, RB5. Miles Gaskin, RB12. Devontae Booker at RB13. And AJ Dillon Quadzilla at RB18. Unfortunately, Aaron Jones was one of those notables that Did not perform too well on Sunday, but I think a lot of us with Aaron Rodgers out, Jordan Love in, were expecting, you know, a lot of a lot of production from the ground attack there from the Packers against the horrible, horrible Kansas City defense. And at least Dylan gave you something. And also a little bit encouraging for the future. Seems like it's gonna be a little bit harder for them to keep everything really exclusive with Jones. So actually I'm a little concerned. Uh, if I'm a Jones manager, and I actually just traded for him on a contending team, so whoops, might have been a mistake. We'll see. I'm okay with what I paid. And, uh, yeah. So with what was another real topsy-turvy week here in 2021, it was nice to have some semblance of normalcy here at the position, or at least a position this week. And most of the big boys came to play. You heard me just run down the list. Aaron Jones managers, as I just said, probably throwing their phones right now listening to that. But most of us walked away without a disaster there from our RB1s. Thank goodness. Thank goodness for that. Now for stock rising. Obvious, sure. But you can't ignore what's happened. So we're going to start with Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore of the New York Jets. Yes, that is right. Uh, 
Now showing signs of life the previous couple of weeks. He really broke out here week nine, Thursday night football with a combination of Mike White, everybody's favorite quarterback, America's quarterback, Mike White, and the unheralded longtime backup, Josh Johnson. Now, his ascending usage over the previous three weeks and ascending performance in production, highly encouraging. He should be rostered in most leagues. He probably, well, he's probably in the 30% range owned, I believe I saw last night when I was uh, checking my waiver wires. So you should definitely be grabbing him. And it doesn't really matter who's playing quarterback. I don't care if it's Mike White for several more weeks, if they prolong you know, Wilson's recovery time, or if Wilson's back in there in a week, go get Elijah Moore. Again, it seems kind of weird to put a player like this in the stock rising category, in the stock rising group, but it's appropriate. And that is one Christian McCaffrey. Yes, McCaffrey. Having already been injured this season, injured early for several weeks again, just brings back nightmarish memories for many fantasy players. So, of course, in general, temperature's down on Christian McCaffrey. Now, most that are level-headed understand that when he comes back, he'll be fine. I mean, he's friggin' Christian McCaffrey. Others are concerned that he is still going to get hurt again. You can't trust him, blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm here to tell you there's never a doubt. Even in the snap count and his return from injury, he still provided us with the RB performance, or RB15 performance overall. So in his limited duty, there was nothing to be worried about. And there's not going to be anything to worry about as soon as he's back to a full workload here in short order. So no worries about playing and moving forward. Not that you were ever going to leave him on your bench or anything, but you really don't need to worry. And if you were worried about trying to move him, don't. Just keep him. If you traded for him while he was hurt, awesome by you. Christian McCaffrey, stock rising. Dem boys, Jones is done being a top 10 running back, unfortunately. Going back uh, one section here. Quadzilla for real. I mean, Jones is still good enough. I think he can still pop with top 10 weeks with regularity. At least for now. I mean, he's got the deal as well. I'm not going to write him off so quick just because he is such a talented player. But it's a concern. I'm not going to lie. It, it, it really is a concern. Dylan isn't going away. I, I was a big Dylan doubter, but the season has looked really good when he's been running. What can I say? He's not Aaron Jones, but he is good. Next... And our stock risers would be Justin Fields. Did you see him on Monday night? He may still have some fantasy use for us after all this year. Now, his, his play is continuing to improve on a weekly basis, which is fantastic to see because he looked like straight booty water earlier in the year. Some of it due to him, some of it due to his inexperience, simply being a rookie, horrific coaching and situational awareness uh, on the part of his head coach. So... He's been in a bad situation, having coach call bad plays, playing with bad players, and playing badly himself. Those things seem to be turning around. David Montgomery is now healthy. That's nice. He looked pretty good as well on Monday against Pittsburgh. And Justin Fields was pro football focuses number one rated passer in all of week nine. Go figure. Against what is not a fantastic Pittsburgh defense, but certainly a good one. What can you say? It seems like he's starting to figure things out a little bit, and it's nice to see. 
I mean, I hate seeing these young QBs struggle when they do. Typically, there's going to be a learning curve. It's going to happen. That's simply just how it works for most players. So with that said, I'm not quite ready, you know, to trust him in my lineups just yet. Superflex, a different story. Um, there's probably not 23 other quarterbacks every week. You're going to be willing to, or let's see, it'll be the other way around, you know, eight or nine quarterbacks you're going to be willing to put below him. So it's just an enigma. I, I feel conflicted. But he's definitely rising. Keep an eye on him. Uh, if you've been stashing him in any way, might as well continue to. But it does seem that he is starting to figure things out here on the NFL level. Fantastic. Keep an eye on him. Arrow pointing up for Mr. Fields. Now, again, as we always say, as things rise, other things must fall, including some of this delicious beer into my mouth. This one hurts really bad. I don't want to say it. I'm kind of stalling. Still stalling. Shit. DJ Moore. Arrow is undoubtedly pointing down, and it sucks. A guy with all the talent in the world, I consider him a top 10 at worst wide receiver in reality, has just... Uh, so Darnold stinks. Sam Darnold stinks. I was wrong. I'm so sorry. I'm dumb. A clown. I'm idiot. What can I say? Darnold did not figure it out. Uh, even Joe Brady, Matt Rule, and the talented players around him can't save Sam Darnold. But Sam Darnold can kill them on his way down. And that's exactly what he's done to DJ Moore. After correctly, appropriately, and beautifully heavily targeting DJ Moore early on in the season. That's gone away. His accuracy when thrown towards him has been awful of late. And there's just nothing there for DJ Moore right now. Now you might think, oh, Sam Darnold, shoulder injury, out for several weeks. May not ever come back to that position for the Panthers, that is. PJ Walker steps in. Well, sure, no Sam is great. I don't think P.J. Walker's it either, and I think there are just more rough days ahead for D.J. <sighs> Devastating, just this season. Especially for all my favorite wide receivers in general. I've actually been pretty good at other positions, but man, my favorite wide receivers have just been getting crushed. <sighs> the return of Christian McCaffrey is going to help, though. I mean, they're not going to be able to... You'll bracket the coverage or put double coverage, things like that on DJ Moore the way they have been as well lately. So it's maybe that'll open things up a little bit. Having the threat of McCaffrey around, maybe Walker is going to need to lean on him. But man, it's really hard to be really excited about who is one of my absolute favorite players in DJ Moore. Just brutal. Yeah, Anthony, way shocked. He can't believe he just heard me say DJ Moore is on the stock falling list, but I don't, you know, in season, I'm not talking as much about core principles and, you know, fundamental ideas that we make our decisions with during the, as, as we go throughout the season. Maybe I should talk about that a little more even throughout the season, but something 
truly critical is to not get stuck at take lock. Do not be so fixed on a position or a take, especially in the name of simply being right, that you do things to your own detriment. In the past, I've certainly been guilty of it. I mean, you want to, you know, it's fantasy football. So much of this is driven by ego. We're here to beat each other. I mean, it is what it is. It's competition. It's fun. So we want to be right. We want to be able to go back to what we said all offseason or some bold proclamation we made there early on in the year. Yo, for me, after three weeks, after an offseason of saying, get Sam Darnold, get DJ Moore, yeah, it felt pretty damn good to be, well, in that position. And look where I'm at now. So, again, you can't be can't be stuck in your position. You have to be open to new information, absorbing information, analyzing the information, and then applying the information. And in this case, all of the developments and new information that has come our way, every piece of evidence that we've seen on the field, everything we've heard from the coaching staff, and what the production says is that DJ Moore's arrow is undoubtedly pointing down. And there's no way for me to deny it without being an absolute clown. So if you have DJ Moore, you will not get fair value for him trying to trade him the rest of the way. So simply hold him. You probably have better receiving options several weeks moving forward, maybe not every week. So it'll be worth keeping for depth, though. I mean, he's a guy you still want to have, I guess, but would not be relying on him as an anchor in your lineup for the rest of the year in all likelihood. And, I mean, again, I feel like I just keep reaching for obvious ones here, but Patrick Mahomes is our other faller. Who'd have thought here in the middle of 2021, coming off of his second consecutive Super Bowl appearance in another MVP-level season, that we'd be sitting here saying, Patrick Mahomes, stock falling. In no way am I telling you to sell Patrick Mahomes, trade Patrick Mahomes, anything of the like. Quite the opposite. Go get him if somehow whoever rosters him is scared. But the fact that, again, he's undeniably in this position that you cannot question that he's been struggling this season, and particularly as of late, over the last two weeks, uh, Josh Johnson has outscored Mr. Mahomes. And Josh Johnson has played three quarters of football. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. Mahomes sucks right now. But again, no way do I think this sticks. In fact, I do think his turnaround will begin very quickly. In fact, this week against Las Vegas. So even as he goes through the worst stretch of his career uh, in terms of how well he is playing, forget about it. You know, he's going through it. The results have been ugly, but he still remains an elite quarterback, one of the best in the league. His stock is down by low, I guess, if it's possible. I don't think the masses are truly panicking, but there might be somebody who's rostering him who has just lost the last three weeks because they drafted Mahomes early in a bad spot as he has produced poorly, and maybe you can get him on the cheap. You know, if you drafted Willie really well at wide receiver, you know, you got, say, 
Jamar Chase and Mike Williams in the later rounds to go along with two or three stud receivers that you drafted earlier. Use one of those guys. Go get Patrick Mahomes to round out your lineup. Now let's get back to a more positive note. A more positive topic. Our employee of the week. Our employee of the week is shocking, I know. But it's James Conner. Number one, screw James Conner for what you did to the 49ers. Unforgivable. Absolutely terrible. The 49ers should be just as ashamed, but whatever. I'm going to blame you two. Ugh. However, tremendous, tremendous day in real life. Tremendous day in fantasy. I mean, taking advantage of the injured Chase Edmonds. He did start the game, but was injured early on. And, of course, also taking advantage of just an unprepared and overwhelmed 49ers team. Connor galloped his way to 96 yards rushing, had 77 yards receiving, you know, off of five receptions, and scored three freaking touchdowns. Three. In what I would say was a dominant performance. Pained me to watch as it happened. Uh, but what can you say? You got to give the man his due. His number was called, and he produced... Damn near every time they gave him the rock on Sunday. So employee of the week is James Conner. We're not going to reflect on it much because it just hurts to talk about. But James Conner, employee of the week. Edmonds is out with a high ankle sprain, so he'll be out at least a few weeks. Expect RB1 production, top 15 production or so from Edmonds until, or I mean from Conner until Edmonds is back. Just give him a round of applause for the 40 burger this week. Way to go, Connor. I only have you on one team, so didn't really help me much, but hey. What can you say? Them's the breaks. It was week nine. It was awful. So we turn our focus to recruiting. Some simple ones. Again, somewhat obvious. First and foremost, you know him, you love him. You may have picked him up already, but probably dropped him again. Dearness Johnson, running back, Cleveland Browns. There are probably a lot of teams that actually didn't drop him following, <clears throat> excuse me, Nick Chubb's original injury and original missed game. However, on the off chance that whoever did, did place him back on waivers, make sure you went and picked him up. Chubb is on the COVID list. Demetric Felton is on the COVID list. Kareem Hunt is still injured, so Dearness would be the guy. Dearness will go to town. Get that movie cover meme going, and you definitely want him. Now, Chubb could be back for Sunday. It's possible. He is vaccinated, so he just needs to have two negative tests 24 hours apart, which at this stage, Wednesday evening, is still possible. Say he tests negative tomorrow and Friday, he could be good to go. Who knows? But I would take my chances on burning a roster spot and, you know, giving the end of your bench there back to Dearness. Another running back I would look to pick up. Just simple lottery ticket, but I thought he looked the best of the three when given opportunities on Monday night. Or I'm sorry, Sunday night. And that is Deontay Foreman running back Tennessee Titans. Now, again, don't expect the moon. This is most likely going to be, I expected only a two-headed, but now three-headed timeshare for Tennessee. But Foreman is the one who seemed to have the most pop, you know, found the most holes, looked the best at any time he was given rushing opportunities. So I would definitely 
just take a stab at him and what is a somewhat light waiver wire week in terms of available useful players. Now, circling back, we're going to talk about two more people that you need to pick up. And we've already talked about them earlier in the show. First would be Elijah Moore. Still widely available. He should absolutely be a priority add for you for wide receiver depth depth strikes. Go get more. And of course, he has been seemingly a permanent fixture. Been telling you to draft him, stash him on IR. Have been telling you to pick him up to stash him on IR. I've been telling you to pick him up ever since he's been healthy, and that is Rashad Bateman. Yes. Bateman or Bayman, because he is Bay. We love Rashad Bateman in the boardroom. Somehow, and I just don't understand, he's only rostered in 59% of sleeper redraft leagues, 37% of Yahoo leagues. And 24% of ESPN leagues. What are you people doing? What are you doing? Go get Bateman, please. He's there. He's available. You can get him in your league right now. Go do it. Now, it is encouraging, though, I will say. That's creeping up. It looks, I'd say, about 10% increase you know, on average across the three leagues since last week. So some of you are listening. But I need all of you to listen, because you are wasting a roster spot with somebody else that is not Rashad Bateman. I want else to tell you. The man will be a wide receiver three at least the rest of the season. So again, we told you to stash him. It's starting to get late. This truly might be your last opportunity. Go freaking get Rashad Bateman. Again, I repeat, Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman. People, man. Just go get Rashad Bateman. Branch transfers. We can't get through recruiting without also discussing just some players on the move. Jettison anybody that I said was stock falling except for Patrick Mahomes. Go get him. But otherwise, just... Don't read too much into Week 9 in general. Week 9 sucked. But there is still information that we could take from it and apply to move forward and we can do that in the form of finding a trade target and that is uh, we can at least talk about the good guys here for once 49ers running back elijah mitchell it's off a little bit of a down game you know in terms of fantasy points so to speak and there's a somewhat of a dark cloud hanging over the 49ers it was a bad game against arizona we won the week before against Chicago, but lately it's just not a good feeling, not a good tone, not a good atmosphere, and anything that surrounds the San Francisco 49ers right now. It, what can I say? So with all of that, that's exactly why it just might be time to try to make that move for Elijah Mitchell. Whoever has him in your league almost certainly just picked him up off of waivers. So they're not going to have a crazy price tag, but you should be willing to pay at least RB2 prices, I will say. He was given nearly all the rushing work, and when Hasty went down, he was given the receiving work and performed very well 
when given those receiving opportunities. So it seems pretty clear that his role is going to remain here as long as his health does. And he's playing well, so I can't imagine, you know, the job is anything other than locked onto him. So as long as he stays healthy, you want him. And the 49ers have an extremely attractive playoff schedule. Very. They will be facing Atlanta Week 15, Tennessee in Week 16, and Houston in Fantasy Super Bowls Week 17. Get Elijah Mitchell on your rosters. He is going to be a difference maker down the stretch in the fantasy world. You want him. You need him. It's Eli Mitchell. Now we'll jump into our final segment of this board meeting, and that is forecasting. And take a little bit of a look ahead to week 10. Because I'm really sick of week 9 and just wanted to get through that. Week 9 was the worst. So I think our game of the week, for a few reasons, is Seahawks-Packers. Now, the Seahawks aren't very good. But there are storylines here. There is fantasy relevance here. This is where we want to have our eyeballs. We have Wilson's return. We have Rogers' potential return. We have DK. We have Lockett. We have Adams. We have Jones. We have Dylan. OBJ? Hmm? Okay, even if the Packers do sign Odo Beckham Jr., you'd be shocking if not impossible for him to play Sunday, so you're going to write him off. But it's going to be a, you know, quite a game, I think, that we're in for here. Now, it'll probably be a better game in reality than it will be for fantasy. They're not exactly the highest-paced offensive teams, but it's, it's going to be an enthralling-to-watch game. It's going to be highly dramatic, in my opinion, and there's just going to be a lot to sink your teeth into. So I would put this as my game of the week. We do have the Buccaneers returning to the field, which is exciting, facing the Washington football team, whose defense is nowhere near what it was last season. So you can expect a big day. Uh, AB shed the walking boot today. Uh, I still don't expect him to play this Sunday and would not expect much, even if he does. We also got word that Godwin is a little banged up, so hopefully he'll be okay. Falcons and Cowboys could be a sneaky shootout game, in my opinion. Keep an eye on that one. Titan Saints, again, could be a little bit of a, a sneaky high-scoring game there. Fire up the usuals. Jaguars Colts. Fire up all your Colts. I I do not see uh, two consecutive very strong efforts from Urban Myers, Jacksonville Jaguars coming, especially in Indianapolis. And skip the Thursday night game, my mistake. Ravens at Dolphins, we'll see if two is in there. Whatever if he is, whatever if he isn't. I just want to see the Ravens do their thing. Uh, obsessed with that team, especially in the fantasy in the fantasy aspect right now. So we'll have the Lions and Steelers. Oof. The Steelers gotta be the, the ugliest to watch five and three team in the history of football. The Lions are 0 and 8, appropriately a very ugly team to watch outside of our boy. So we will be paying attention because we love DeAndre. We will be watching Swift go out and ball. And we're also big fans of Deontay here in the boardroom. Deontay Johnson, so 
whoever's on offense, there's going to be uh, something to pay attention to in that matchup. So it won't be horrible, horrible because of our investments. But in reality, that's going to be a hideous game. Probably flipping right over it if it was just coming up as I'm flipping through channels. Browns Patriots. Two, five, and four AFC teams. Very interesting. Patriots also rumored to be making a major push for Odell Beckham. So it would be really curious, you know, really interesting if we happen to get that news before this Sunday. Again, OBJ, no matter who he signs with, very unlikely to play this Sunday, if not impossible. But yeah, if they have to go play the Patriots immediately after getting the news that they just signed him, hmm. Does that add a little extra? Maybe. Chargers Vikings. Again, that should be a should be a good one. Should be a good day for Dalvin Cook. Chargers stink defending the run. Should be a good day for the Chargers offense as a whole because the Vikings stink at everything defensively. Yeah, I'm, I'm liking the the way the fantasy landscape is shaping up here this week. The Panthers face off against the Cardinals. That might be the worst so far. P.J. Walker led Panthers. At least McCaffrey's back. Fire him up. We'll see with the Cardinals. Kyler is very optimistic himself that he'll play. We'll see what happens there. I bet he does too, but what do I know? Broncos and Eagles. Eh. Running back city. That's who I'd play. Running backs. Jordan Howard, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. There's going to be a lot of rushing in that game. And Jerry Judy and Noah Fant, if you have to. Seahawks and Packers, we already discussed. And then, I think, two fantastic primetime matchups. The the night games this week are great. We have the Chiefs and Raiders. Five and three Raiders versus the five and four Chiefs. So this is very critical for division positioning. We know what the Raiders have been going through. We know what the Chiefs have been going through in their own individual team situation. So there's a lot on the line. This team is in Vegas. Raiders have a chance to just, you know, kick Mahomes and the Chiefs while they're still down. Metaphorically, I mean, they're still five and four when Mahomes here is playing the worst football of his career. So what can you say? That they're still a winning team. So we'll see if the Raiders can take advantage as they've just had to cut uh, another member of their 2020 draft class. And starting previously, starting, actually, I think he was already benched at this point, uh, Damon Arnett. But it should be a fun one down there in the desert. Sin City shootout, hopefully. And then Monday. Okay, I'm biased. And maybe it won't be so good. If this last Sunday was any indication, shoot, both these teams uh, suck. No, but really... We have the Rams, we have the 49ers playing in Santa Clara. Again, both teams were pretty bad on Sunday. And I expect both teams to come into this game very, very pissed off. Uh, I hate to admit it, the Rams uh, probably have a little bit of an edge. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm still very depressed about the 49ers after last week. It was one of the most hopeless feelings watching a football game in a long time. So I'm not exactly expecting a lot against the Rams defense here in week 10. Been rooting the boys on hard, but I would expect the Rams to walk away victors and for Stafford, Cup, and Woods in particular to all have just monster days because the 49ers secondary 
probably couldn't stop me. If they threw me in the Cooper Cup jersey just to trick everybody, apart from, you know, our obvious size differences, uh, I could probably still ball. Our secondary is bad in San Francisco. Now, I wouldn't have any hesitation throwing out Debo, Mitchell, or Kittle either on the 49er side of the ball. I mean, the, the Rams have a lot of good players on defense and are good defense, but I still think the big boys will get theirs. Maybe not multiple touchdowns who have monster days, but all these guys are going to be very much right there in the starting pack of fantasy players, you know, right there on the leaderboard at the end of the day. So fire them up as usual and hope the Rams lose. Hard to control this one. There we go. And now we will move on. Oh no. Give me just one second. Yeah. We will move on to our closing segments here. Oh, and actually as a quick reminder, we have four teams on five this week. That would be the Chicago Bears, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Houston Texans, and the New York Giants. Remove all of them out of your lineup. Thankfully, not a ton of fantasy relevance there beyond your Bengals players. So just get them out. Remember that they're gone. It'll be hard to miss when you go and set your lines, but make sure they are out. Now we're going to move on to prize picks plug because we have to. Why? Because we love to. Because Prize Picks is awesome. I'm doing quite well. Week nine, much like everything else, was a complete disaster. But beyond week nine, it's been uh, a lot of fun. I've been making money. I think a lot of you would make money. The Collective Core Four has been providing a lot of very strong picks. Again, apart from week nine. So make sure you're checking that out. And make sure you sign up. I'm going to put something here up on the bottom here so my apologies i thought this was already done so sign up at pricepicks.com using code collective for a 100 or for a 100 percent deposit match up to 100 dollars <clears throat> so if your initial deposit is 100 dollars it will also give you 100 dollars, and you will have 200 dollars to play with Make sure you do it. It's, uh, it's really easy to do. It's really fun to do. I mean, you go on. It's all prop picks. It's all prop bets. You need to parlay them. Yeah, so anywhere from two to five picks, you can do anything from tripling your money at, with two picks or even just doubling your money if you do a flex play. That way, even if you miss a pick, you still get some money back. But if you want to go you know, all in on these bets... Two picks gets you three times your money back. Getting three picks right gets you five times your money back. Hitting four picks gets you ten times your money. And if you want to have a little flexibility, you add a fifth pick. Hitting all five is still just ten times your money. But if you only hit on four, you get double your money. If you only hit on three, I believe you still get, I think, uh, twenty, you know, 1.25 return. So it still gives you a chance to win. I prefer doing the two and three pick plays in general. And there's a lot of, you know, it's a soft market in there sometimes. There's, you know, good and obvious picks that can be made. Sometimes marrying the right picks is, that's where the challenge is, you know, the parlay aspect. But 
we're all fantasy players. Nobody is as dug into these individual player statistics, you know, individual numbers that we expect these players to hit than we are. We re- yep. that That's what we do. That's what we pour ourselves into. So I think as you scroll through available options on these prop bets, prop picks, you will get a, you know, you'll notice numbers. There will be numbers that stand out to you, and those are the ones you want to jump on. In betting, it really is all about the number. So make sure that you do go to prizepicks.com. Make sure you do sign up using code COLLECTIVE, that is COLLECTIVE, K-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V, for a 100% deposit up match up to $100. You want a free $100, don't you? Of course you do. Who hates free money? And on top of that, you're going to be able to make even more money on top. You know, once you start making your bets. Why? Because you're smart. Why? Because you're going to listen to us at The Collective. Every Sunday morning, you are going to go check the Collective Core 4. You are going to use those as part of your decision-making when placing your entries. You'll use one, two, maybe all four of them. And you're going to profit. It's going to be great. So again, go to pricepicks.com, sign up using code COLLECTIVE. And with that, week 10 is here! The horrid memory of week 9 is behind us tomorrow night. The Miami Dolphins and Baltimore Ravens will kick off to officially start week 10 and get rid of just the blasphemy towards football that week 9 was. So we will move on. We look forward to week 10. Thank you all for joining us tonight. And with that, this meeting of the Fantasy Boardroom is adjourned.